God has ordained that we are taught the Word of God. We are to be in a place where we're taught the Word of God. We're to be assembled. We're to allow pastors and teachers to equip us that we would be fully equipped. We're to be taught the Word of God by those who are yielded to the Spirit of God, bringing forth the Word of God that we might be changed. Welcome to this Friday edition of Equipping the Saints with Greg Lundstedt, pastor of Equipping Bible Church in Greer, South Carolina. And Greg, the passage we're considering is an encouraging portion of Scripture. Yes, it is, Dave, and that passage is Proverbs chapter 3. And this is a passage that many of us know by heart, but not many of us obey. But if we do, we're going to find that we are very blessed. Well, a wonderful passage awaits. Let's turn to Proverbs chapter 3. And this is a passage I preached on New Year's Eve this last year. Well, thanks, Greg. Now, today's message is one you'll want to share with a friend. Just tell them to visit etsradio.org. That's etsradio.org. They'll find today's broadcast as well as a host of other archived broadcasts waiting there for them. Our web address, again, is simply etsradio.org. Now, let's join Greg for today's message. Well, we are very close to another year. This New Year's Eve... And the Lord created this universe. He gave us the sun and the moon for timing and days and seasons. And we are moving through those seasons. And we are awaiting his coming. We are looking forward to the day, maybe today, where the Lord Jesus comes for us and takes us home. But while we are here on this earth, we walk and live in the midst of a sinful world to which we once were part of. We all, through our own actions, affirmed the sin of Adam. We all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And as we walk in this world, God is gracious to save us through his son Jesus, save those who will believe. And when you're saved, you become a new creation in Christ. And being a new creation in Christ, we are now in a sinful, dark world, being his light in this world. We are a light in this world. We are the light of the world. And yet we walk in our everyday walk and our paths we take, take us through a dark, dark, evil world. And yet God is gracious to share for us in his word how we are to maneuver this temporal life unto eternal life. How we're to maneuver through a world full of wickedness, full of evil, full of unredeemed people who hate God and hate one another and hate us. And we have in his word the solution to how we can walk in this life before we see him face to face. I wanted to share a passage before we get back to our Colossians series, a passage that would help us focus on our walk with the Lord Jesus Christ and what the basic reality of what we should be doing every day in this temporal world should look like. So would you turn in your Bibles to Proverbs Proverbs chapter 3, we're going to be looking at this wonderful chapter. We're going to get through the first 8 to 10 verses, probably pretty closely looking at them, and then we're going to speed through the rest. So even though we're looking at the whole chapter, we're not going to really focus on the end. We'll just look at it, and we can come to that some other time. As you're turning to Proverbs chapter 3, it's clear that in Proverbs, the writer is Solomon. Proverbs 1.1, the Proverbs of Solomon the son of David, king of Israel. 
Proverbs 10.1, the Proverbs of Solomon. Proverbs 25, verse 1, these also are the Proverbs of Solomon, which the men of Hezekiah, king of Judah, transcribed. Now we have in chapter 30 and chapter 31, those written by Agar and Kim Lemuel, some have attributed Lemuel to actually being Solomon. We don't know, but what we do know is that all scripture is inspired by God, and we know that Solomon wrote the majority and arranged these Proverbs. We know in Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verse 1, it says, The words of the preacher, the son of David, king of Jerusalem. That's Solomon. And in Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 9, In addition to being a wise man, the preacher also taught the people knowledge, and he pondered and searched out and arranged many proverbs. The preacher sought to find delightful words and to write words of truth correctly. Solomon arranged these proverbs inspired by the Spirit. Now, briefly, who was Solomon? He was David's son from Bathsheba. David's adulterer with Bathsheba. What we know when he was born, 2 Samuel 12, 24, the Lord loved him. The Lord loved him, it says. He was also the king of Israel after David, but yet what was prominent about him is that when he became king, he recognized he was just a youth and he was inexperienced and, and not knowledgeable. And he prayed to God, not for a long life and for the life of his enemies, or for riches, but he prayed for understanding that he might be able to judge and discern between good and evil. And the Lord was pleased. You can turn there if you like, but I'll read it for you. First Kings chapter 3, and I've got a ton of scriptures today, so we're going to be going through a lot. Feel free just to listen, or you might be trying to turn and listen at the same time. First Kings chapter 3, verse 11. And God said to him, because you have asked this thing and have not asked for yourself long life, you've not asked for riches for yourself, and you have not asked for the life of your enemies, but you have asked for yourself discernment to understand justice. Behold, I have done according to your words. Behold, I have given you a wise and discerning heart so that there has been no one like you before and no one like you shall rise after you. He's the wisest man who ever walked the face of the earth because God gave him that wisdom. Now we know in this context that Solomon was given great wisdom. Chapter 4, 1 Kings 29. Now God gave Solomon wisdom and a very great discernment in the breadth of his mind, like the sand that is on the seashore. And Solomon's wisdom surpassed the wisdom of all the sons of the east and all the wisdom of Egypt. For he was wiser than all men, than Ethan the Ezrahite. He must have been pretty wise, I guess he gets named here. Heman, Kakal, Darda, the sons of Mahal. And his fame was known on all surrounding nations. He also spoke, this is 1 Kings 4, 32, 3,000 proverbs. And his songs were 1,005. And he spoke of the trees from the cedar that is in Lebanon to the hyssop that grows in the wall. He spoke of also the animals and birds, creeping things and fish. And men came from all the peoples to hear the wisdom of Solomon from all the kings of the earth who had heard. Solomon was a wise guy. He was smart, right? But the Lord did it. The Lord gave him his wisdom. And the Proverbs that we see were words of truth that Solomon brought forth. It was from God. We know that no scriptures of one's own interpretation, but men moved by the Spirit spoke from God. We see that. Yet sadly, with Solomon and with us too, he disobeyed. And he gathered many foreign wives, and they turned his heart away. Nehemiah chapter 13, Nehemiah talks about this in 26. He says, Did not Solomon, the king of Israel, sin regarding these things? 
Yet among the many nations, there was no one like him. He was loved by the Lord his God and made him king over all Israel. Nevertheless, the foreign wives caused him even to sin. Now, on a side note, if you think you're immune to sinning because you're pretty smart, you might find yourself in a bad position. You see, Solomon was the wisest man who ever walked the earth. And yet his wisdom didn't protect him from disobeying God because you have to fear the Lord, as we'll see. You see, he had great wisdom, and we can gain great knowledge from Scripture, but we need to fear the Lord. And Psalm will say at the end of his Ecclesiastes, when all is said and done, fear God. Fear God, right? Keep his commands, so that applies to everyone. And so Solomon messed up. We see in 1 Kings chapter 11, verse 4, For it came about when Solomon was old, his wives turned his heart away after other gods. That was prophesied that that would happen. If you do that, you're going to get your heart turned away. And folks, we know that bad company corrupts good morals. God says that. If you hang out with non-believers, not saying your acquaintance and sharing the gospel, I'm talking about hanging out, they're your buds. I'm talking about the companion of fools, Solomon writes in Proverbs, will suffer harm. They will turn your heart away from the Lord. No matter how smart you are, no matter how wise you are, if you think you are smarter than Solomon, then go do it. But even Solomon, the wisest man in the world, fell in this context. Yet we know Solomon did write and arrange many Proverbs, and he wrote the book of Proverbs. Turn to Proverbs chapter 1 for a moment. Proverbs chapter 1. The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to discern the sayings of understanding, to receive instruction in wise behavior, righteousness, justice, and equity, to give prudence to the naive, to the youth, knowledge, and discretion, A wise man will hear and increase in learning, and a man of understanding will acquire wise counsel. To understand a proverb and a figure, the words of the wise and their riddles. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Hear, my son, your father's instruction. Do not forsake your mother's teaching. Indeed, they are a graceful wreath to your head and ornaments around your neck. Now, the term proverb... The word means to be comparable or to be like. That's what it means. And a proverb is a comparison between things that reveal profound truth and wisdom concerning life based on the fear of the Lord. And these can be found in the form, as we saw in verse 6 and 7, figures, riddles, and proverbs. Now, thus, this is my definition of a proverb. Thus, a proverb is an inspired statement, figure of speech, riddle from God, that uses comparison to present his wisdom and instruction concerning life in the midst of a sinful world, and this wisdom reproves, disciplines, and instructs those who seek it in the context of the fear of him. That's what a proverb is. So with that in mind, we're going to see today the blessing of trusting Christ and keeping his word. The blessing of trusting Christ and keeping his word. Again, Proverbs chapter 3. And I think this is appropriate as we begin a new year to get our lives re-centered, get our lives back on track. We as believers can get off track. We can let things get in the way. We can get distracted. Now, I'm not going to read through the whole chapter initially. Usually I would read the whole scripture before we study it, but I'm going to read each piece as we go through it. So first of all, we're going to see how we can be blessed. Do you want to be blessed? I think you ask anyone, no matter who they are, do you want to be blessed? They'll say, yeah. Well, this is a blessing of God. If you want to be blessed, here is how. Verse 1 of chapter 3. My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. 
For length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. Do not let kindness and truth leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart so that you will find favor and good repute in the sight of God and man. Notice, first of all, we're commanded to do two things. We're commanded, first of all, not to forget my teaching, he says. This is Solomon, my son. Obviously, it's to one of his sons. We don't know which one. My son, do not forget my teaching. Now, we know some of his sons didn't do too well. They didn't listen to this. And so we better listen, right? You can have all the word in the world. You can have everything. You can have a great family. You can have everything you need. But if you don't pay attention, you don't listen, you will suffer. My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. This first command is emphatic. In Hebrew, the way Hebrew sentences are structured, you have verb, subject, object. And when the object is placed first, it is emphatic. My son, teaching. Teaching. Don't forget it. Don't forget teaching, my son. And it's his teaching. Solomon says it's his teaching. But whose teaching is it ultimately? We saw this earlier in Ecclesiastes. Let's go there again, Ecclesiastes 12. Whose teaching is it? Well, it almost says my teaching. We read part of this earlier. Ecclesiastes 12, verse 9. This is after all is said and done. You know, all said and done, everything's vanity. You know, and when you get old, everything's going to fall apart. You're going to die. You better seek the Lord while you're young. Okay? And then he kind of sums it all up at this point. In addition to being a wise man, verse 9, the preacher also taught the people knowledge and pondered and searched and arranged many proverbs. The preacher sought to find delightful words and to write words of truth correctly. The words of wise men are like goads and masters of these collections and are like well-driven nails. They are all given by one shepherd. It is the Lord who gave Solomon the word to give to his son. We see it very clearly in Proverbs chapter 2. Turn to Proverbs chapter 2. We're going to have a lot in Proverbs today. Your Proverbs are going to get worn out in your Bible today. Proverbs chapter 2. My son, if you'll receive my sayings, treasure now. Again, he's saying, my son, my sayings, right? Treasure my commands within you. Make your ear attentive to wisdom. Incline your heart to understanding. Hey, you need to want it. For if you cry for discernment, lift up your voice for understanding. If you seek her as silver, search for her as hidden treasure, then you will discern the fear of the Lord, and discover the knowledge of God. And look at this. He said, my commands, right? But now look at this. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield for those who walk in integrity. God is the one who brings forth wisdom. It is God's word that Solomon was bringing forth. It is God's word he is bringing forth. It comes from his mouth. So back here in our past says, my son, do not forget my teaching. Or teaching, don't forget it. And then notice in parallel, but let your heart keep my commands. These are imperative commands. Let your heart grab on to, watch on, hold to, let it keep it. Let it pay attention to it. Give attention to it. Look at Proverbs chapter 4. We're to pay attention. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 1. Hear, O sons, the instruction of a father. Give attention that you may gain understanding. Hey, teach your children the word of God too. You better. For I give you sound teaching. Do not abandon my instruction. Hey, you can grab it, you can hold it, you can hold on to it, or you can say goodbye. You can abandon it. 
When I was a son to my father, tender only the side of my mother, it's talking about Solomon with David, right? Then he taught me and said to me, let your heart hold fast my words, keep my commandments and live. That's a good dad. Acquire wisdom and understanding. Do not forget, nor turn away from the words of God. Do not forsake her. Don't forget, don't forsake. Don't forget, don't forsake. And you can keep reading on. Then look down at verse 20. My son, give attention. We give attention to the things that we value, right? We do. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your sight. Keep them in the midst of your heart. We need to keep his word in our hearts. Don't forget. Pay attention. Keep it in the midst of your heart. And the only way we can do this is to be in the word. Psalm 1, how blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor send in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. And we see here in this context, and he will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season, its leaf does not wither, and whatever he does, he prospers. He meditates on it day and night. Got it running through his head. And did you notice the word, do not forget my what? Teaching. It's not simply just reading the word. We got to read the word, but we need to be taught. God has ordained that we are taught the word of God. We are to be in a place where we're taught the word of God. We're to be assembled. We're to allow pastors and teachers to equip us that we would be fully equipped. We're to be taught the word of God by those who are yielded to the spirit of God, bringing forth the word of God that we might be changed. It is the word of God that we are to be taught, not some stories or kitty Bible lessons. We're to be taught the word of God. Second Timothy 3.16, all scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, the very first thing. And he goes on, chapter 4, I saw me charged in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead by his appearing in kingdom. Preach the word, he's telling Timothy. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with great patience and instruction. For the time will come, and it's here, when they will not endure sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers after their own desires and will turn aside away their ears from the truth and turn aside to myths or stories. Don't forget his teaching. It's the teaching of the word of God. Don't forget, if you're not in a church where you're being taught the word of God, it's kind of hard to forget something you don't have, right? You got to start there, right? The assumption is you're being fed the word of God. The assumption is you're actually hearing and being taught the word of God. My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep or hold on my commandments. Are you in the word of God? How can you forget his teaching if you're not being taught? You don't even have his teaching. We need to be taught the word of God. And what type of church you're in will reveal where your heart is towards the word of God. Don't forget it, but keep it. And we'll see this. We need to keep it in our hearts. Don't forget it. You know, we need to be in a good church, but we also need to be focusing on it ourselves. You know, I'm not saying this to be legalistic or anything, but I tell my family, and I tell this church, when you get up in the morning, don't go in your phones unless you're going to go in your Bible. Read the Word first, then go to whatever news or whatever and look at all that stuff. Forget that. Get in the Word of God first. The first thing you do, get your heart straight. It's so easy to get going in the day without the Lord. I'm not saying to do this legalistically. I'm saying this from a heart that is changed and desires to be in the Word of God. Don't forget it, but keep it. 
Don't forget what I say today, but keep it in your heart. So my son, don't forget teaching. And notice there's a blessed result to this. For length of days, verse 2, and years of life and peace, they shall be added to you. Wow. You got all these people saying, hey, you know, do this and this. You'll have length of days. Try this sermon. Try this pill. Whatever it is, you'll have length of days. You'll have peace if you do this, right? Well, the peace the world gives is not God's peace at all. God's peace comes from God. And he says here, hey, by and large, you're going to live in this Proverbs, right? They're short comparisons that bring truth in the midst of a wicked world, right? By and large, you're in the word of God. You're holding it in your heart. You're not letting it go. You're going to live longer. Now, certainly there are things that happen that are different. God numbers our days. But this is basically what it says. And peace or shalom. They will add to you. You know, the scripture is clear. There's no peace for the wicked, says my God. If you're lacking peace, if you want true peace, you need to be in God's word. Not legalistically, but from a heart that desires it. Don't let it leave you. Do not forget or forsake his teaching. Don't forget it or don't set it aside. But hold it in your heart. And they're going to add peace and life. I think our hearts are kind of like cups. they got holes in them. you got to keep pouring the word in there because it just goes right out. There's so much other stuff. We've got to renew our minds. We need to make the decision not to be conformed to this world, but transform. Make that decision. Are you lacking peace these days? You want true life? You want true peace? Get into God's word. Put it in your heart and keep it there. Don't forget it. That means we'll see in a minute what the heart means. Run it around in your head. And there's a promise. My son, do not forget my teaching. It means you've got to be taught. Don't forget it. But let your heart keep my commandments. Hold on to them. For length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. That's what God says. Peace and life. Look back at Proverbs 4 again. Proverbs 4, and I want to go down to verse 20. This is so important because God's word is life. Peter said to the Lord, you got the words of life. Where are we going to go? Proverbs 4, 20. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. We give attention to a lot of stuff. Give your attention to the word of God. You need to make the decision. It needs to be valuable in your heart. Incline your ear to my saints. Do not let them depart from your sight. Don't let them go. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are what? Life to those who find them and health to all their whole body. We'll see that in a minute. Watch over your heart with all diligence. Hey, what's that saying? It's not just watch over for bad and good thoughts. It's saying watch over to make sure you don't let God's word leave. That's the context. Keep your word in the heart and then watch over it with all diligence. Watch over your heart. What is happening in your heart? What's going on in your mind? For from it flow the springs of life. Hey, the life comes through the truth of God, from the God of the truth who gives us life. Put away a deceitful mouth and deceivious lips from you. Let your eyes look directly ahead and your gaze be fixed straight in front of you. Watch the path of your feet and all your ways will be established. Do not turn to the right nor to the left. Turn your foot from evil. Watch over your heart. Don't let it go away. Don't forget it. And guess what? When we do this, when we keep his word in our hearts, obviously we're going to have peace in life. If you've just joined us, you've been listening to Equipping the Saints with Greg Lundstedt. You can hear today's message again by visiting our website, etsradio.org. That's etsradio.org. 
CDs of today's message or other messages are available at our website as well. And as a part of the ministry of Equipping the Saints, all our audio resources are available at no cost to you. Thanks to the Lord's provision through the faithful support of friends of this broadcast. To order your complimentary CD, call us toll-free 1-800-596-9144. That's 800-596-9144. If you prefer to request your complimentary CD by email, our email address is contact at etsradio.org. You know, Greg, in these final moments of today's program, what's one thing that we can take away from today's message? Well, Dave, that one thing is don't forget the Word of God. Put it in your heart. Keep it on your heart. Be in the Word of God day and night. You see, it is through the Word of God that we grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior as His Spirit works in our hearts. So then, we've just scratched the surface of this wonderful passage in Proverbs chapter 3, so I want to encourage you to make plans to join us for our next broadcast of Equipping the Saints. As we close today's broadcast, it's our prayer that the Word of God has done its work in your life and that you've been challenged and encouraged to follow Christ more closely. If you're receiving spiritual benefit from Equipping the Saints, would you prayerfully consider sending a gift today? Every gift makes a difference, no gift is too small, and every dollar is put right back into the ministry. To send a gift to Equipping the Saints, call us toll-free at 1-800-596-9144. That's 800-596-9144. If you prefer to donate online, our web address is etsradio.org. That's etsradio.org. Well, we hope you'll make plans to join us again next time, right here for another edition of Equipping the Saints.